what does it mean for us individually and as a family of God to have God's reboot um, in these crazy perilous days that we're living in? Well, I want you to come with me to two and a half thousand years ago and the Jewish people, God's people, find themselves in exile in a place called Babylon, which is hundreds and hundreds of miles to the east of Jerusalem. Jerusalem has literally been razed to the ground. The, the Babylonians have come. They've destroyed the city. They burnt the temple to the ground. The, raw, the, raw, the walls are wrecked. There's a remnant of people left. But basically everyone has been kidnapped and taken across to live in this foreign land. And as you can imagine, those those Jewish people, they are devastated by this. And, and they wonder, will they ever return to, to the land that they love? Will they ever return to their homeland? And so they lament and they grieve. And, and some of the words of their grief and lament are found in various chapters in the Bible. One example of that is Psalm 37. You can look at it later. And in Psalm 37, uh, as they're in this place of Babylon, this place they don't want to be, they're like, how can we sing the songs of joy when we're grieving? How can we sing the songs of God where we just wonder, where is God? How can we sing songs of hope when it feels like our hope has evaporated like the morning mist? Where is God in all this? And maybe that sounds pretty familiar to us right now, where... It almost feels like we're so pleased that there's vaccines for COVID and we're so pleased that there, there is obviously good news, good things going on in the world, but we still feel very much in the thick of tough times. Mm. Like, how can we sing songs of hope and joy? And what's wonderful is into this moment of pain and struggle and all their questions, God speaks. He speaks to them in the place of pain. And you can find what God says. Um, in Isaiah chapter 43, Isaiah was a, as an Old Testament prophet and, uh, and his story and some of the things that God says through him, you can find in his book, Isaiah. And, and I want to turn to some verses in Isaiah chapter 53. And so God speaks to Isaiah and basically says to Isaiah, this is what I want you to say to the people who find themselves in exile. And uh, just want to read these three verses, 16 to 19. This is what the Lord says. He is the one who made a road through the sea and a path through the rough waters. He is the one who defeated chariots and horses and the mighty armies. They fell together and will never rise again. They were destroyed as a flames put out. The Lord says, forget what happened before. Don't think about the past. Look at the new thing that I'm going to do. It's already happening. Don't you see it? I will make a road in the desert and rivers in the dry land. So I just want to draw out three things from from those short verses that I think God was saying to them and that he's saying to us today in 2021 at the start of this year, but connected to this theme reboot. And the first is this. The first thing God reminds these people who are in pain is that he has not changed. Yeah. He has not changed. Despite the fact that they are feeling that all hell has broken loose around them and they're wondering if they have any hope, God is reminding them that he was and is and forever will be the God who wants to rescue them from their troubles. Yeah. 
And, and if you look uh, at verse 16 to 17 that we read, he, he reminds them of probably his most famous rescue that they would have known very well. That moment a thousand years ago when Moses leads them out of their Egyptian slavery, but they find themselves hemmed in, the Red Sea's in front of them, and, a, and an Egyptian army of horses and chariots are behind them, and they feel like we are in trouble. And in the midst of this moment of being hemmed in and locked down, God speaks to them. You can find this story in Exodus chapter 14. And God says to them, why have you stopped? Keep going, keep trusting, keep believing, because I'm about to do something new, something you've never, ever seen before. And so what does God do? He builds a road right in the middle of the ocean, a literal path through the Red Sea that they can walk. And they walk through the waters of the sea. And then that same sea comes crashing down on the Egyptian army, the chariots and the horses. And that enemy that was trying to kill them, they'll never, ever see again. And so what God is saying is, look, I've not changed. I, I rescued you then. I, I want to rescue you again. I, I, I will always want to rescue you. God doesn't say in his word anywhere that we won't go through tough times. And in fact, if you turn to the very opening verses of Isaiah 43, he talks about the fact that we are going to go through waters and, and fire. or We are going to go through difficult times, but we are going to go through them yeah. with him because he is the God that rescues us. And what's wonderful about God is that, yes, we live in a broken world. We live in a world where there is evil, where there is so much wrong, sickness and suffering and struggle and, and people doing things that they never should do, which has resulted in a world that is so damaged. That's the fruit. That's the consequence of a world that's rejected God. But in this moment, God is saying, but I've not rejected you. I am still committed to rescue you. I'm still committed to save you if you reach out to me. In fact, the name Jesus, the son of God, literally means savior, rescuer, deliverer. Like God's purpose is, is wrapped up in his very name. God wants to rescue us. And, and so here on this day, on January 10th, if you are feeling that you are struggling and that you're in need, whether you know Jesus or not, I want to encourage you, reach out to him. He wants to rescue you, but maybe not in a way that you think, but he definitely wants to rescue you. God has not changed. He's still the same. He still has the power to rescue. And actually, if God hasn't changed, then what that means is the mission and purpose of his people, his family, the church has not changed at all. We are called to join in with what God is doing. We are called to join in God's rescue mission. Like Amy said earlier, a, a mission of justice and generosity, a, a mission of, of seeing people saved and healed and rescued and restored into relationship with God. And boy, does this world need God's rescue right now. The first thing that we need to remember if this is our reboot year is that God hasn't changed. He's still the same. He is love and light. He is our hope and he has the power to change things. But notice, secondly, what God then says in verse 19. It says, the Lord says, forget, though, what happened before. Do not think about the past. Look, I'm doing a new thing. Uh, there's a new thing I'm going to do. It's already happening. Don't you see it? I will make a road in the desert and rivers in the dry land. So think about it. God has just reminded his people in exile how he's powerfully rescued them in the past. The wonder of past miracles, the parting of the sea, the answers to prayer. 
And you can imagine them going, yes, that's what we want. We want to go back to that. It's what we've all been saying, haven't we? We've been saying, oh, we want to go back to life uh, like it was before COVID. We want to go back to our, our, our normal working life, our normal relationship life. You know, we want to go back to church as it was. Someone just called me literally a week or so ago and said, like, when are we going back? And what God says in this moment is you're not going back. You're going forward because I'm in the business of going forward. I'm going to do something. It's the same because I'm the God who saves you, but it's going to be different because yeah. I'm going to do a new thing. And this word new is the Hebrew word shadash. And it literally means something literally, wonderfully, incredibly new. You might say it's something fresh, something really fresh, something that you've never seen before. It's like in the same way that he said to the people by the Red Sea, you're about to see me do something brand new. He's saying two and a half thousand years ago to the exiles, and you're about to see me do something really new. And he's saying to us at the beginning of 2021, and you are about to see me do something really new. And he draws that parallel. He says to the to the exiles in those early verses, he said, remember, with you, with 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 the people by the Red Sea, I put a, a road through a river, through a sea. But now I'm going to put uh, a river in the middle of a road. I'm, it's the same but different. I save, I rescue, but it's going to be done in a different way. It's a reboot. It's a reboot. Now, what does that mean for us personally to embrace God's reboot? Well, I want to suggest to you, I know as I've had to think about this myself, that pre-COVID, that there were behaviours, activities, priorities, ways of being that we should never go back to. But we are at great risk of going back to those things. If not, we already have. We've already returned to some of those things. For many of us, when the first lockdown happened nearly a year ago, this is definitely not true, by the way, of key workers and health workers. But for many, many people, the first lockdown caused us to stop, to slow down, to be less hurried, to be less uh, rushed. Rush kind of changed. If, if we, we watch things in the news that with all the travel that was changed, less cars, less planes, uh, less less ships, that as the world became less polluted, creation started to restore itself. I remember seeing uh, videos of, of Venice and the sea was becoming clearer and fish had returned to Venice very quickly as pollution started to be uh, changed. In this period, we've become so much more aware of our need of each other, that people are more important than products or possessions or pounds. We've seen the beauty of kindness and compassion and sacrifice, and we've celebrated it in lots of different ways. But it would be so easy to go back, just to be living for ourselves, overdosed with work, working too hard, too long for too little. And I don't believe in any sense that God caused COVID, but I believe that through the exile that COVID has caused, God has wanted us to stop and think and reboot some of our priorities and some of our choices. Don't go back. Embrace at the beginning of 2021 God's new way of doing things. Make a choice. I, I do need to live deliberately differently. The pace of my life, the 
everything that was packed into my life. It was crazy. It was too much. It was exhausting. We've bought into the lie of have to when we've said, you know, I, I have to do this. Well, you know what? There's a lot less things that you have to do than perhaps we think we have to do. Live by God's priorities. Put Jesus as the Lord and Savior, as the center of your life and let him direct you. Let him show you what's really important and what's not so important. Live by his priorities, with his presence every day, in his power, growing you, healing you, sustaining you, holding on to his wonderful promises and resting in his perfect peace. I want to encourage you to embrace God's reboot in your life. Make a choice today. Okay, this is me. I'm the same, but I'm going to be different because I, I receive God's upgrade. I receive the power of the Holy Spirit today to fix some past problems in my life and to embrace some new possibilities. That's what I think this may mean, the same but different for us personally. But what about as a church? What does this mean for us as a church? What What is life going to look like as we go forward? Because friends, we are not going back. God is not going back. He's going forward. Um, and let me just say this, like we're not, we are praying as a, as a leadership team about the what next, but we know it's going to be the same, but it is going to be different. It's the same mission and it's the same purpose and it's the same passion that we've had for the last 40 years. But it's going to outwork differently because the world has changed and we've been changed. And the reason that I shared some of that story of the, the history of Zio that's brought us to this point is because the reality we are here today because there have been multiple reboot moments yeah. in the last 40 years this is not the first reboot there have been many reboot moments it would have been easy to stay in the comfort of Beerton Avenue but we rebooted into a village uh, a little hospital hall it would have been easy to stay in that hall but we rebooted into West Mill and then we rebooted into our building and then we rebooted out of our building into to the Priory School because God is always on the move. Yeah. We rebooted it into a theological belief that said we, the church is called to community transformation and not just be a holy huddle. We, mm. we, we had a revolution in our thinking a few decades ago that says we can't just get together and worship and have a nice time. We're called to justice. We're called to see people come out of poverty. We're called to see people get jobs and be healed and restored in their relationship. And of course, we are called into seeing people know the God who alone can bring them life. The mission has not changed, mm -hmm. but time and time again, God has brought his reboot to us to say it's the same, but it's going to be different. It's the same but it's going to be different. We are not going back, friends. We're going forward. Yeah. We're going forward into God's future. Number one, God's not changed. He's always in the business of rescue. But number two, it's going to be the same, but different. We're not going back. We're going forward. The mission is the same, but how it looks has changed. Mm -hmm. And then lastly, in the light of what God has said to the people in exile, he, he asks this question, verse 19. He says, look, this, this reboot, this new thing, it's already happening. Don't you see it? Don't you see it? And what's interesting is the word for see here is the is the Hebrew word yada, not Yoda, yada. And it appears over 900 times in the Old Testament and it's rich in meaning. It means to truly see, fully see something, to truly and fully know something, to truly and fully uh, care about something. 
It's not a head knowledge, seeing or feeling or knowing or caring. It, it's, a, it's a seeing and caring and knowing that can only come if you experientially or relationally embrace it, if you step into it. It's that deep knowing which brings me to the final challenge because it is the challenge of participation because this seeing is that that's what God is saying. He says like, this is happening. Change is happening. Are you participating in it? Will you experience it? Will you throw yourselves relationally into it? We exist today as a church. We're here today because we stand on the shoulders of giants, the names of men and women that I've mentioned and many other men and women who simply made themselves available over days and days and decades to participate in the plans and purposes of God, to be involved in the rescue mission for the whole of creation. Men and women who served and sacrificed, who were committed to being radical, not embracing rotors. Men and women who didn't just show up, but they were committed to step up, who rejected a spectating faith and embraced a participating faith. And because they experienced it and they were relationally close to God, they saw what God could do through a life that was surrendered. And that's why we're here today. That's why we're here today. God is inviting me and Amy and every single one of us. Like if you don't even know Jesus, I want to tell you, he's inviting you into this story. He's inviting you into what he's calling you and I to do, to jump in, to step up, to engage with his plans and purposes to rescue the whole of creation. And by the way, if there's any children and young people watching this moment, I'm talking to you. Because again, like I said, like I, should, I preached my first sermon at the age of 15, led my first children's group at seven, 16, uh, co-pioneered a ministry at 17. But I'm hoping and praying that you will do so much more than that yeah. right here, right now. D- don't be spectating. Throw yourselves into the, the wonderful adventure of Jesus, that Jesus can fill you with his Holy Spirit and use you to be a transforming agent of change wherever he's called you to. To be. There was a guy called Josiah. He became a king of a nation at the age of eight. And if, if Josiah becomes a king of a nation at the age of eight, then why can't you, as children and young people, be the princes and princesses of your corridors and classrooms and communities if God would use you and you would step up? I promise you, spectating faith is dull, lethargic, complacent, and lukewarm. But when you dare to throw yourself into the mission of God, you will be changed. You will never be the same again, and you'll give the rest of your life for that cause. Throw yourself in, jump in. Every child, every young person, every adult, I'm encouraging you to do that at the beginning of this year. I need to finish. Let me just say these three things before we take a moment to pray. Number one, I want to encourage you to reboot your relationship with God at the start of 2021. Make time for him. Build a holy habit of being with him every day and grow that habit. Read his word, live it, allow it to change and transform you. Pray that you'll become more like Jesus every day. If you just prayed that prayer alone, your life would be different in 365 days time. If you just pray, God, I surrender to you today. Fill me with your spirit and help me to be more like Jesus. If you pray that prayer for 30 seconds a day, I promise you, you'll be a different person. You'll experience God's reboot. Reboot your relationship with God. Secondly, reboot your passion for the rescue mission of God. 
Like we all have got to get involved in this. There is a world that is broken. It's not one single person's job. It's all of our responsibility. So make this your second prayer. God, whatever you're up to today, count me in. Would you show me? Would you nudge me? Would you dare to believe that Jesus can work through you to see people saved and healed through what you do and what you pray and what you believe and what you see? Dare to believe that Jesus will work through you to see terrible situations situations turned around, justices, injustices arrest, uh, um, uh, addressed, that the culture can be reshaped through your kingdom influence, that hatred can be overcome with love, that darkness can be overcome with light, that kindness and generosity can explode through God working through you in your workplace, in your community, even in this world, as the spirit works through you. Reboot your relationship with God, reboot your passion for God's rescue, and finally reboot your commitment to the family of God, here even at Zio. I want to encourage you, don't just be a spectator with what God is doing. All joking aside, don't just be a couch potato, simply watching church in the background, sitting in your pyjamas when you're doing your emails. Like It's okay if you want to watch church in your pyjamas, but don't let that be your single experience of church. Jump in, serve in a ministry, give generously, lead a group in your in your neighborhood, step up, join up. You know, like in, in the last few months, as I've spoken to to uh, a few people and got to know a few people, I've, I've like, wow, like we've got some just incredible people in the house, incredible people in the Zio family. We want to see more people bring their incredibleness to the mission of God through Zio. Like none of us have the time to talk to 300 plus adults. Why don't you just reach out and say, I want to serve. I want to lead. I'll start a group. Now, listen, I know. I know that some of us, we got loads of things on at work or we're not well at the moment. You know, you need to get well. You need to be well. And, and our workplace and communities are already always our primary mission field. But there's a whole bunch of us. The Zio family needs you to lead. They need you to give. They need you to serve in multiple different ways. What are you passionate about? What do you love to do? What are the gifts that God's given you? Can you reboot your commitment to Zio at the start of this year and jump in? Will you embrace God's reboot? He has not changed. He's still in the business of rescue, but it's going to be the same but different. God wants to do a new thing. And he's inviting you and I to experience it, to relate to it, to draw ourselves in, to say yes to him. Because as we do that, who knows, maybe instead of all hell breaking loose in our world, it's time for all heaven to break out in our world, in your life and in through your life today. Let's let's pray. Mm. An amazing inspirational message and uh, we're aware of time but stay with us for a few more minutes because we just want to make some space now for God to let that land. Mm. Um, I don't know if like me you're listening and you're just like wow wow yeah that's truth that's truth that's revelation I need to apply that but let's just make some space now for God just to come mm. and help that land in our thinking and more importantly help that land in our, in our actions moving forwards. Mm. Just felt a couple of things as we just pray right now and as we open our hearts. Let's just invite Holy Spirit to be with us. Let's invite God's presence to help us land some of those things that Matt said.
I felt that God was saying the phrase, I'm looking forward to. And I don't know about you, but probably over this last last nearly a year of these pandemic times, the number of times we've all gone, oh, I'm looking forward to this, I'm mm. looking forward to this. And how many times do we say, I'm looking forward to something from the past? So oh, I'm looking forward to we can just get back to church mm. or I'm looking forward till everything comes back to normal. I've, I've heard that phrase loads of times and I've probably said it myself. Um, but in this moment of prayerfulness, I want to encourage you right now, wherever you are, to dare to just start that sentence with God in prayer. I'm looking forward to, and then with God, let him shape something that mm. comes out of your mouth that is a brand new thing. Come on. That it's wasn't good. there before. It wasn't, I don't know, I'm looking forward to getting back to the Priory, or I'm looking forward to doing church again in this way, or I'm looking forward to, but something brand new that you didn't even know was inside you. And here's the thing about all these godly men and women that are in the pages of our Bible, but also in the pages of the book of Leo, faithful mm. men and women that dared to say, I see a church. And then out of their mouth came something that they couldn't even have anticipated or known. So right now in this moment, let's pray. God, I am looking forward to mm. a church that is the same but different. I'm looking forward to a church that is radically committed to the mission of God, daring to venture into the bold new territory that God has for us. And as we're encouraged in the words of Isaiah, do you not see it? Maybe we can't see it right now. Maybe fear or worry or letting go of the past is just hard for us in this moment. So just invite God into that moment now. And when he's saying to you, do you not see it? Just say, God, help me to see it. God, help me to see the new. Mm. God, help me to believe for the new. God, give me courage to venture into the new. We honor all that's been. And with gratitude, we thank you for all that there has been. Mm. Forgive me now. I mentioned at the start how a, a reboot deals with past problems and opens up new possibilities. And so as Amy has invited us to, to ask God to show us the new possibilities, I just want to take a moment to pray healing and freedom from past problems. And so, so right now, again, why don't you write where you are as we hold out our hands to God, say, God, set me free from past yes, problems. God. Forgive me, free me, rescue me. So we pray that we, we declare that over you, yes, forgiven, freedom, and that you can walk out in that freedom that your past no longer needs to shape your future. It's one of the phrases that the Bible uses that when we come to know Jesus, we're born again. It sounds like an odd thing to say, but basically means it's a new life, a new start. And, and new life for all of us can start every day. 
Like eternal life is not just when we die, eternal life starts right here and now. Life with God, life with each other. We pray new life over you today. Thank you, Father. I want to take a moment as well to pray for our leaders. Uh, I think we should all pray for our senior pastor, but we should, we should all pray for the leadership team of the church. Um, we, we look to them for our counsel. We look to them for godly wisdom. We look to them for vision. But once again, we're not absorbed of responsibility too. And when God says, do you not see it? We're, we're trusting that God's given the download to Matt. We're trusting that God's given the download to the leadership team of Zio, who we're going to pray for in just a moment. But I want to encourage you, as we pray for the leadership team of Zio, <coughs> we also need to be praying that we would not passively give responsibility just solely to them. But once again, we'd say, God, show me the new. We're believing and trusting that shoots of life would spring up left, right and centre, mm. that is from all generations of the Church of Zio, that will just knock on Matt's door, knock on Paul and Jenny Rigby's door, Jamoki's, Phil's, David's, hope I've got everyone, <laughs> and saying, you know, I've got an idea. Yeah, I, I can see something. I, I can envision that Zio could look like this. So so let's pray for them, for the, for the responsibility and for that, that entrustment that God has given them, but let's not divorce our own responsibility to see this new as well. So let's reach out where we are. Let's pray for our leadership team. So God, I just want to pray on behalf of all of us who are watching right now for the leaders of DO. We pray for Matt, our senior pastor, God. We pray, God, for Paul and for Jenny and for David and for Jamoki and for Phil. We thank you also, God, for our trustees. We thank you for Felicity, our chair, Lord, who all carry responsibility, leadership, that core to carry the new vision, what Zio will look like moving forwards. We pray you would embolden them, God. We pray for courage and strength and for greater capacity as they look to reboot your church, God. We know that you're directing them. We know that you're blessing them, God. We know that you're speaking to them. And Father, we lean into them in this moment, Lord God. We make a choice to follow. We make a choice to be open-hearted and open-minded to all that is being said to us in these days. But equally, God, like we've heard time and time again in this service today, Lord, giving does not release us from responsibility, Lord. So as we give into this church, whether that be financially or service or give and lean into these leaders, we also say with the other hand, Help us to see the new as well, God. We see signs of life. We see shoots of life. Spring is coming. We declare that over the life of our church, Lord. So may we not be passive in this moment, waiting for the direction of Matt and the leadership team. But may we too dare to knock on one of these leadership doors and say, I've had this idea. So bless our leaders, God. Mm. Empower them. Fill them with courage. Fill them with faith. We remove any fear from them, Lord God, so that they can stand boldly and with great anticipation for all you're doing. In the name of Jesus, we yeah. pray. Amen. 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 So if you're if you're watching today and you are part of the ZA family, then uh, you, you've got my email. You'll have some of the emails of uh, other members of the church or, or my mobile. And I'd love in the next week or so, in this in this month of January, is as you pray for God's reboot in your life. 
what what's God calling you to do? Yeah. Like even in your workplace stuff, we want to get behind you in that. That is your primary Absolutely. mission field, your workplace, your community. How can we cheer you on? How can we support you as you want to make a difference for Jesus in that place? But I know that there are some of us out here who've who've been on the sidelines spectating, and God's saying, "Can I jump in?" Yeah. And and jump in with that sense of saying, "You know, I think I could lead this. I could I could do this." Don't want anyone to to do anything out of guilt, but out of a sense of like, "Yeah, God's calling me up." 